Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. It's the Satellite Sisters. Hi, this is Leanne Dolan. I'm Monica Dolan. This is Sheila. I'm Liz Dolan. This is Julie. Real sisters, real life, real conversation. Tackling the world one cup of coffee at a time. The Satellite Sisters. We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. It is Tuesday, July 19th. I'm, in, I'm Liz Dolan. I am in Bend, Oregon. Yes, siree. And on the line with me, my sister Julie Dolan, you are in Steamboat Springs, correct? Yes, I am, Liz. I'm here. How okay. are you doing? Good, good. Hey, happy belated birthday. Lena and I forgot to say that to you on last week's show, but then I did text you 10 minutes after we finished recording, as soon as I remembered that I forgot. So, that counts, right? Yes, you get full credit. You know, we're pretty low-key, the Dolan sisters, in terms of extending birthday wishes to each other. Yes. You know, a text, a phone call. I mean, it would be outrageous to send a birthday card, you know, uh, let alone a ple- present. But I did feel your birthday wishes, Liz, so you okay, get full good. credit, okay. and thank you very much. Yes. Right. And it's also your son's birthday. So, yes, it's you know. a double, double whammy. My younger son, uh, Will, always celebrate the same day. And, you know, again, it's a very nice phone call. That's essentially, I mean, I sent him a present, and but he sends me birthday wishes. We, we you know, he says, happy birthday, mom. And I say, happy birthday, Will. And it's just pretty touching, actually. Sounds very, very sweet. Um, okay, we have quite a lineup today. And you and I are walking a fine line here because it's a Tuesday show. So right. we need to honor the spirit of Tuesday, correct? Yes, that's uh, correct, Liz. And yet, there are, you know, serious things going on in the world. Uh, I don't know how we're going to get from now until Election Day, Julie. Frankly, on Satellite Sisters, it's, it's going to be uh, a puzzle. But um, you have a First Lady's Desk report. I, uh, Liz, Which I mean, I'm hoping I... does not start with the words four score and seven years ago today. <laughs> Oh, no. This is all original, Liz. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, and I have good news about America uh, because I got a letter the other day that proves to me once and for all that America, we're going to be fine. We're going to be just fine. So I'm going to read you some sections of that letter so that you too can feel the confidence in America that I am feeling today. Okay, Jewel? All right. Okay. I think we. I think we all. I, we all need that list. Yeah. Without that. Yeah. Uh, but then there's stuff you're trying to bring me down about the Olympics. You know, Leon and I announced on last Tuesday's show that we are going to the Olympics. We don't care what anyone says. We are going to Rio next month. Uh, but uh, there is breaking Olympic news. There is breaking Olympic news, and it involves the Russians, so you know I'm all over that. And then I just have a couple of tidbits. I've been now that I know that you're going to Rio. I've been sort of scanning for you know just for information, and I've got two two pieces of information I want to share with you. Yeah, I have to say I talked. Leon and I had a little bit of a planning conference call yesterday. And she has done so much research about everything. And I have done absolutely no research about anything. 
And I think it's sort of been the key to the last six years of my life when I was flying all over the world that I just, I just stopped bothering to look things up like, oh, I'll figure it out when I get there. Uh, but it's nice to know that Leon is, uh, Leon is on the case, even to the, the extent of buying a book about Rio, you know, which is quite a commitment. <laughs> and her, her sons mocked that because everything is on an app, mom, right? Yes. And uh well, not if the internet goes down or something else happens. So, um so we got that going on. I also have a a day in the life report because as people know, this is for me day 19 of my post corporate life. So, uh-huh. If you're part of our Facebook group or if you follow me on Twitter, you'll know I'm using the hashtag Lizness Not Business. And yesterday I posted a giant question about how I should spend my day. So I do want to solve the mystery about what I ultimately decided to do. Well, I mean, I know we, I mean, was it yoga, Liz? I, I mean, you have us in suspense. <laughs> well, you're just going to have to listen to the show to find out, Julie. That's okay. all I can say. Though, if you look at the voting in our Facebook group, it was overwhelmingly in favor of going to Ghostbusters over going to yoga. So I think that says many wonderful things about the Satellite Sisterhood. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> okay. So the First Lady's Desk. Okay, well, let's just review. We, you know, here at Satellite Sisters, this has been a long tradition, an award-winning tradition, may I say, Liz, uh-huh. that uh, with the First Lady's Desk, where you know we we set up a, a cone of protection around or over all First Ladies. Okay, we just don't believe that you should criticize First Ladies. We believe that First Ladies should be free to do whatever they want to do in terms of their career. They should be able to say whatever they want to say. We're just not going to criticize them. So last night, first night of the Republican National Convention, and Melania Trump, potential First Lady, is up there giving what Liz had to be described as a pretty, a pretty good speech because, number one, English is not her first language. Mm-hmm. And number two, she was using a teleprompter. And I, I can just speak from my own experience. I'm terrified of teleprompters. <laughs> they are not easy to use. Liz, I know you've used them. Yeah. But I mean, they're, they're really hard. So she was up there. She looks like a zillion dollars. She's giving this speech. It seemed like, you know, the conventioneers enjoyed it. And this was her introduction to America. So it appeared to all be going swimmingly. And I gotta so, say, for anyone, Language or no language, teleprompter or no teleprompter, doing what she did last night is an incredibly hard thing to do. Yes, of course. Of course. She thought she was getting away clean. She was... But then, then the internet exploded because apparently there were two passages um, in her speech that pretty much are copied from Michelle Obama's 2008 convention speech. Now, how did this happen, Liz? I don't... I mean, how did this happen? It's it insane. is. Okay. So my position is you cannot b- blame Mel- Melania Trump. She didn't write that speech. Uh, and, you know, and so whoever wrote that speech and copied from Michelle Obama's speech, they should be fired. They should be outed and they should be fired because that was they just totally undermined everything Melania was trying to do up there. Yeah, I feel like Melania's main problem is that she said she wrote the speech, Julie. If she hadn't said she wrote the whole thing herself, then everybody would assume that, of course, some evil speechwriter did this. So first now we have to go through the drama of figuring out who really inserted the plagiarized sections. So it is uh, it is not pretty. And you can't help but thinking, like, 
if that's a professional speechwriter who did that, how could you for a single second think you were going to get away with that? Because these are not like comments that Michelle Obama made at some train station in Albuquerque during the 2008 campaign, right? This is standing on the stage at the Democratic National Convention, you know, when America was first meeting uh, Michelle Obama, as they always say about these first lady speeches, it's their introduction. So there's no chance you're getting away with it. So I just, I can't help but feel there is something really nefarious going on here. Like someone deliberately did this to undermine Melania? Well, well, again, I don't know because you're not going to get away with it. There is like no chance you're going to get away with it. So how does that happen? I mean, by the time people are listening to this, we may know what really happened. Right. Um, or not, or, or not. not. Yeah. But yeah. I, but I, you know, but again, the cone of protection is going around Melania. I'm, I'm holding to the point that she didn't write that speech. Somebody inserted those passages. It's unfair to her, but here's the good news, Liz. She's from Slovenia. Uh, and you know what? They're tough there. Okay. So I don't think this is going to keep her down. I think that she is going to respond and I think she's going to move on from this, you know, and uh, because she is, a, you know, that she's I think she's going to do fine. That's what I think. OK. All right. Well, you know, you're always so positive in supporting these ladies. So. Yes. And uh, it's not a political thing because I support both sides, you know, yeah, you know, no, I support I know. everyone. Right. It's a Republican, d- Democrat. I, I just believe that we got to protect the first ladies. That's my job. Okay. It's just harder to protect. If if you stand up and give a speech like that in public, you are entering the fray, you know, yeah. and it's going to be quite a fray. That's all yeah, I it can is. say. The it, fray, is. it is. It's a, it's a fray for all time. Uh-huh. So that's why I'm so happy this morning, Julie, to have good news about America. Good news. What is it, Liz? What is it? Because I feel America's coming apart, Liz. No, no. Here's, I have proof in my hand. I am holding it in writing, the proof that America is not coming apart, Julie. And this is something that I know you will appreciate because you are a particular fan of this organization, as is Leon. So here's the letter I got the other day in my mailbox in Bend, Oregon. And uh, it's from the United States Postal Service. Okay. Uh, Okay, I'm on board, Liz. So it starts this way. Dear customer, I would like to take this time to let you know that I have been awarded this route from Boyd, who has retired. Uh, I go by Cal, but most of you know that I've been the sub for Boyd for over six years. Those of you I have not met, it will be my pleasure to meet and service all of your postal needs. Okay. Let's just parse these first couple of sentences here. Okay. Kyle is so excited that he got awarded a route. This is not a man who against his will is doing some stupid bureaucratic job. He feels like delivering my mail is a prize. He has won Julie. And for that, I love you already, Cal. Um, The fact that he had to sub for six years Good work, Cal. Sticking sticking it out for six years as Boyd's sub. Uh, you have to appreciate the American stick to there, don't you? Right. There's there's perseverance there, Liz. No doubt. Yes. Okay, but it goes on, Julie. You know, and this is the innovative spirit of the United States. Second paragraph. I will be carrying a limited amount of supplies with me, like stamps, envelopes, a few boxes, etc. At any point you need something that I don't have available, it will be my pleasure to fulfill your needs within 24 hours. And then in parentheses, he put the next day. 
Uh, so how about that for service? Like he's going to be carrying stuff around. I'm going to be able to buy stamps directly from Cal or boxes or get envelopes from Cal, Julie. Don't you think that is a huge leap forward in postal service service? Yes, Liz. It's not. It's the miracle that a letter, you know, you can drop a letter in the mailbox here in Steamboat Springs and it arrives somehow at your house in Bend, Oregon, always surprises me. But now that there's more, there's, there's more. more. There's more. It's not just, it's not just letter. They're not just carrying letters, Liz. No. They're going to be providing stamps, boxes. That's amazing. That's they are, amazing. They're servicing my postal needs. That goes way beyond delivering the mail. Yeah. So then he says, if you have if you have a question on postal products or supplies, please give me a call. And he gives me his phone number, Julie. I have Cal's phone number. How you got to call. You got to call him, Liz. You yeah. just got to order something. <laughs> just to thank I mean, him for the letter. And yeah. then he closes by saying, looking forward to exceeding your expectations. Thank you, Cal. Well, Cal, you have already exceeded my expectations. And I suspect America's expectations. So... Uh, this was the kind of confidence building uh, letter that I think everyone in America needs to get this week, just to show you that the basic fundamentals of our system are hanging together. That, I mean, well, I hope you start like, uh, I know you don't bake, but maybe you could go, go, go buy, buy Cal some donuts yeah. or buy him some brownies or something, Liz, because that's outstanding. That's outstanding. outstanding. So I wanted to pass that along just as a positive note to all of my fellow Americans that, you know, people are still out there, as we know, because all of us are still doing it, except for me, doing our jobs. Doing <laughs> Out there doing our jobs and getting better at it every day because everyone looks forward to exceeding expectations. Okay. So, so thank you, Cal, and thank you, United States Postal Service. All right, Liz, I want a picture, you and Cal, okay? <laughs> that will be great. That will be great. Okay. So Okay, Liz, well, now we have to move. Uh, the other big story um, this week has to be the Olympics and the ongoing Russian doping scandal. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the headlines, Liz. The World Anti-Doping Agency, they had findings that show what they're calling a shocking and unprecedented attack on the integrity of sports and on the Olympic Games, mm-hmm. that they uncovered hundred of doping positive, you know, of doping violations at the Sochi Olympics that was held in Sochi, Russia, and that, you know, that they have uncovered, you know, state-sanctioned participation in all this doping. Mm -hmm. The U.S. Anti-Doping Agency had called it a mind-blowing level of corruption. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we've reported on this at Satellite Sisters. Yes, we have. It was first reported in the New York Times. And I'm not sure what this World Anti-Doping Agency, I mean, because I feel like Every agency that's looked at, like the Sochi Olympics, has said, oh, yeah, they were really cheating a whole lot. And there was all kinds of government agencies involved. And they had a hole in the wall in the lab. And they were manipulating um, uh, samples. And the East Germans were involved. You know, I mean, everybody's um, admitted to it or they've uncovered this. So now it's in front of the Olympic Committee, the IOC. Okay, so mm-hmm. they are today, they are supposed to be exploring what they're going to do, whether they're going to ban the whole Russian delegation or whether they're going to ban individual athletes or I don't know what. But um, as of, the, you know, of 10 minutes ago before we started the podcast, the latest was that the IOC is going to explore legal options 
over a total Russian ban. That's what uh, one of the headlines coming out. Now, I don't know. They haven't made a declaration yet. But what do you think, Liz? Do you think the whole uh, Russian delegation is going to get banned? Do you think it's just going to be individual athletes? Or do you think the IOC, once again, is just going to look the other way at all uh, the doping that's going on? I, I'm, my tendency would be to go with door number three, Jules. <laughs> uh, door number three, because just the IOC has a long history of doing that. But also, even if they wanted to do something, there is this whole like court of sports arbitration or something. So the individual Russian athletes, I believe would have the opportunity to appeal any decision. So how is that all going to get resolved by next month? It seems it seems a stretch that it could be resolved by next month. But but I don't know. I and and honestly the uh if that's more medals for us <laughs> if the Russians don't show, mm, you know, I can live without Russians in Rio uh if I have to. Uh, it doesn't, it doesn't, I mean, I don't think it will spoil the games, but if they show up, these are all athletes that may or may not have been doping right. or get, taking drugs, um, to enhance their performance. And they will be competing against other athletes, such as the American athletes that hopefully are not, uh, doping or using performance. Yes, of course. Dr- yes. yes, of course. It's incredibly unfair to have yeah. athletes who are cheating competing against athletes who aren't. It's just like a fundamental thing that any kid on any playground knows. And if you're in some of these sports where there's been widespread cheating over decades, you now have these records that have been set, these world records in various sports that no one is ever going to be able to beat because they were done uh, through cheating. And so uh, that really undermines the whole sport. But I don't know. I, like, I'm not going to predict what the IOC is going to do just because they haven't really had a history of being aggressive in this area. Right. I don't Uh, think they've – but I mean, I guess – But it sounds like your friend Vladimir Putin is certainly sticking up for his team. Oh, yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah. He's, you know, he's criticizing the World Anti-Doping Agency or ignoring them. He doesn't care. And I think he's just – He's just working the odds and feels like, you know, the the Russian athletes are going to compete. They'll compete for Russia and good luck to the rest of the world. Yeah. This is just the way we roll when we live in, when you are, when you're in Russia. So, <laughs> so okay. anyway, but that is certainly going to be a story to watch as you head for Rio. But as I said at the top of the podcast, I'm also, now that I know that you and Leon and Leon's family are going to uh, Rio, I'm sort of scanning the horizon for, for stories. You know, I just, uh, you know, just check, uh, checking it out. And one story, one little tidbit that I saw, Liz, that I just made me raise my eyebrows. Okay, I don't think it's anything. To, it's not on the Zika level in terms of alarm. Uh-huh. But uh, it was noted this week that the contract to hire and train the security guards that are going to be, and security screeners that are going to be working all the Olympic venues, well, that was just awarded two weeks ago, Liz, okay? (laughs) Now, I am sure that's plenty of time for this unproven company that has never really done any major security contract like this before to get it together. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they're going to have no problem finding a lot of people and training them on how to screen. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you should be fine. But I just made note of it. Yeah, you're right. It's not ideal. I will give you that. Yeah. I, will, I will definitely give you that. Not ideal for that to be like a last minute thing. 
Yeah, yeah, it is kind of, it seems a little rushed, uh, but I'm sure they're going to get it together. Now, the second thing that I saw this week, uh, I don't think is going to be a problem for either you or Leanne. And that is that it's, it's, it's coming as somewhat of a surprise to a lot of the journalists that are heading down there in advance of the Olympics or, you know, our visitors that are coming that the people of Brazil speak Portuguese, and they really don't speak much English, uh, that unlike other places you can go in the world, such as Europe, where, you know, you really do not need to speak French. You can, mm-hmm. there's plenty of English, or same in Germany, you know, but mm-hmm. but apparently in Brazil, they actually speak Portuguese and don't speak a lot of English. So a lot of international visitors are sort of shocked and alarmed that they're having communication problems. But I don't think this is going to be a problem for you and Leon. You know, I think that you are going to be able to speak international, yes. which is just with smiling, hand gestures, pointing, and a couple of Portuguese phrases. Yes. Don't you think? Yes, I think we can do it. And you're speaking the language of sport, Julie. Uh, okay. You know, it's winning and losing, and it's ba- often based on a clock, uh, having yeah. nothing to do with the language. So I think we're going to... I think we're going to be okay, but uh, you're right. That is my experience having worked in Brazil in the past is that uh, it is a country with more limited English speakers than many other major countries that you would normally travel to. So you just got to roll with it. Luckily, they're so nice. It's all going to be fine. It's all good. Okay, Liz, um, that's that's the spirit. I didn't think that second one was going to bother you, but I'm I'm on the lookout, Liz. I'm just uh, for any stories about Rio and the Olympics. Uh, I just I, I will be bringing them to you this summer as okay. you get ready to go. Thank so. you. Well, one thing I read in Leanne's Twitter feed uh, yesterday. If you don't follow Leanne on Twitter, you can. She's at Leanne Dolan. L-I-A-N-D-O-L-A-N. And as I said, she's been heavily researching this trip, which is helpful. And she discovered in her research that Thursday, today as we record is Tuesday, so two days from now, Julie, is Super Thursday. It's Super, you know what the Super Thursday is? No, I have no idea. Super Thursday is all, like 100,000 extra tickets to events go on the market. So anything that is unsold, all of this stuff that they've been holding back. So there's going to be this flood of available tickets on Thursday, and we are psyched. We're very psyched about that because we have focused on just a few key things that we absolutely positively wanted to see, like in track and field or in swimming or in women's soccer. We've nailed those down. But, you know, do we have our table tennis tickets yet? No, we do not. Uh, Taekwondo? No, have not locked that in. Uh, her sons and her husband would like to see some boxing. Oh, that's, I remember seeing, uh, boxing at the Montreal Olympics. It's really exciting to see. Yes. Yes. So Super Thursday, we're getting psyched. So, uh, so that's coming up. So we'll just, uh, we're just going to hold off until then before we make any other commitments and then jump in on Thursday. So, um, yeah, it's all good. Rio 2016. Rah, rah, rah. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's really great to follow along. And I know a lot of people on our Facebook uh, page are very excited that you're going. So we look forward to reports, maybe not podcasts, but we look forward to Facebook postings and Twitter reports from Rio. So, Oh, you know, one, one other thing I want to mention about Rio, I got extra excited this weekend. I spent the weekend with our cousin Beth and her husband, Kevin. And Beth and Kevin went to Rio with their daughter for the Paralympics 
in, I think it was 2007, either 2006 or 2007. She was competing in the swimming. Uh, She's blind. And they went to Rio and even stayed in the same part of town for the Paralympics that we are going to be staying in for the Olympics. So they were telling me all about it. They were so excited. They had such a great time. So that made me even more excited than I already was. And it was a lot of fun to hear about their experience. And they, they loved every second of it and said the Brazilian people were just so excited excited about all the sports and all the competitions and and all of the athletes that it made the whole event so um just another little tidbit there jewel okay that's good well liz this is going to be kind of a hard turn that we're going to do right now in the podcast but it came about because i'm here in steamboat springs and and quite honestly i just didn't want to watch the wall-to-wall coverage of the republican national convention last night i watched a lot of it but I had to get out of the house. I just felt like I did. And I, lo and behold, I looked in the little uh, local paper and there was a free lecture last evening. Now, the topic was a little tough, but I, th- but I thought, hey, this I, I really would like to hear what these guys have to say. It was on radical Islam and terrorism, the views from U.S. and Europe. And they, uh, Steamboat Springs has a speaker series and they invited two uh, people from the Brookings Institute, two scholars. One was William McCants, who is an expert on radical Islam, and he's uh, an advisor to the State Department on counterterrorism. And then the second speaker was a Frenchman, Philippe Lecaire, who is an expert on Asia and Europe and the political and economic dynamics. Well, first of all, it was absolutely packed. It was a beautiful evening here in Steamboat, and it was surprising how many people turned up to hear this uh, talk. And just a couple of highlights. I mean, if you think... You know, that this William McCants is really one of the leading experts on radical Islam. And it was just, it was sort of fascinating to hear what he said. And number one, you know, he was talking about the difference between Al-Qaeda and ISIS. And he said, the thing with ISIS is they are willing to go do and go places in terms of brutality that even Osama bin Laden wouldn't have done. Like Osama bin Laden. Laden would not have approved the tactics that ISIS is using. That That's what really separates the two groups is that in some ways, Osama bin Laden was a more moderate terrorist, if you can use that term. Well, and then that the is ter- chilling. That is chilling. Then the second term he used is something, this is hard to pronounce, but he said it's called ISIS-ish, okay? ISIS-ish, which is... <laughs> That's a thing? A scholar is saying that? that that's a thing, Liz. Yeah, and he was actually quoted in the New York Times yesterday using the word ISIS, which is that like the attacker in Nice over the weekend, what we're learning about that guy is that he was, a, you know, he was a violent drinker, he was a drug taker, he was a wife beater, and, you know, he he was not a follower of Islam, you know, and that... But what these what these thugs, these terrible people are doing, these uh, they are latching on to the identity of ISIS and in his mind as a way to cleanse themselves. So here was a guy in Nice who was leading a terrible life. And yet he, you know, somehow in his twisted brain that by slaughtering all of these people that he was this was a a way of atonement. So which is. So this is a new phenomenon. Yeah, I mean, I thought, I mean, that that was kind of, uh, you know, he said that many of the people that are committing the acts in the name of ISIS, you know, are ISIS, that's that's his term, that they they are not followers of Islam, you know, that, you know, that they are, 
They are just, they are doing this as a way to cleanse, as I just said. So he believes ISIS is, is an organization fighting for survival. He believes that, you know, we, but that's kind of bad news for us because he said that they will, con, there will sadly be more attacks. And he said the other bad news is that now ISIS is no longer relying on bombs. You know, he said the problem with bombs is that they're bomb making, it's scary, it's tricky. Mm -hmm. But now, sadly, many of the attackers are, you know, are using other things such as trucks. Or today there was, you know, there was an ISIS-inspired attack on a German train where he just used a hatchet. So, you know, I it was it was... It was really depressing, but at the same time, it was, you know, fascinating to hear what he had to say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. His counterpart was this, uh, a scholar from France, and it just, you know, he said, he started his, his comments by saying, you know, I had planned to make a whole bunch of soccer jokes because they just hosted a big soccer tournament and France lost in the finals. But he, you know, and people asked him about, well, why has there been so much terrorism in France? And he said he believes it's because they are a democracy, because they have freedoms. You know, he also said that a lot of people don't understand that 10 um, percent of the French population is Muslim. He said, obviously, 99 percent of the Muslim population living in France are you know, law abiding people that go about what, you know, about their lives and their religions. It is this, you know, small group. And he believes that these attacks are, again, are going to continue. And because of the lack of coordination within the European Union, that, you know, that they are having a hard time try, uh, sharing information about potential attackers uh, among countries and uh, so, but, you know, he, and he said that a third, over a third of the people that were killed in that attack in Nice were Muslim, which I, I hadn't realized. So awful. That it is so, so awful, awful, you know? So, uh, you know, and you could see that he's just, you know, he, they, I, you know, they said, well, the, there were questions about, well, what are the politicians doing? And he said, they're not doing enough, you know, that there's still a blame game going on in France, you know, and that, you know, that we do need more coordination and that France, unfortunately, will continue to be one of the targets. So yeah. it's just yeah. so it was a very enlightening but very sobering speech. Um, and it just, you know, it is uh, I was, you know, one I just had been thinking about all of the victims of these attacks and it's hard to even to honor all of them, to mm -hmm. think about them and to pray for them because so there are the attacks just keep coming, you right. know, and it's like I had, you know, I was just reading about um, the, the poor girls in Bangladesh, you know, that were, that were killed in the honor killings. Like, yes. No, just the ones that were killed by the ISIS killers in that, in that cafe in Dhaka, Bangladesh, oh, right. which happened, you know, like three weeks ago. It's like, Oh gosh, I forgot about them. You know, it's just, these attacks just keep coming. So, um, but well, Julie, you know, I give you, I give you a lot of credit, you know, first of all, for being brave enough to address this on a Tuesday show. Uh, yes. but also that instead of staying home and just, uh, watching like the goofy hats at the Republican national convention and having a laugh at their expense that you, uh, invested your time and energy in finding out a little bit more about this. So hats off to you, Julie Dolan. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see. All right. But we probably yeah. need some sort of palate cleanser from that. Yes, we do. Say? I have just the news item. Okay. <laughs> oh, really? It was just, it's exactly what it was. 
the big breaking news this morning that Pippa Middleton is engaged. The, the younger sister of the Duchess of Cambridge is engaged to a hedge fund manager named James Matthews. Okay. And hooray, she got, hooray, 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 hooray. All right. She got a big fat engagement ring. You can see that online. But the good news, 2017, there's going to be a royal-like wedding. They're going to be, you know, you know Sister Kate is going to have a big role in this. Of course, I'm sure they're going to rope in that adorable George and Charlotte will be involved. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think there's going to be lots of fascinators. And uh, it's all going to be good, don't you think? Uh, that's, uh, yeah. It sounds like just what we need. To just yeah. to li- lift the spirits of the people that are uh, are entertained by, by this royal family. It is a nice um uh antidote to other things that are going on in the world so i know i know we always say royalty is ridiculous but uh, it was sometimes that's what you need it was it was refreshing today like oh good oh good and you know she'll have a great dress yes you know that i'm i'm sure so this will keep us busy uh it's a very positive thing uh and so uh, so I think that's something to look forward to in 2017. Okay. I'm happy for you, Britain. So in spite of the Brexit, uh, you'll have uh, you'll have Pippa and James to focus on. All right. So let's, um, let's bring it back to domestic issues. And yes. Me personally, my domestic life. Yes. Uh, you know that I am, uh, this is my first month of my post-corporate life. I left my job on June 30th. I'm taking the summer off not even thinking about the rest of my life this summer, just enjoying myself, Julie. And, uh, but of course that requires a hashtag in, uh, in 2016. You can't just enjoy yourself. Uh, so it's hashtag business, not business. Uh, I've been posting occasionally Instagram, Twitter, and in our Facebook group. So yesterday I had a major dilemma, uh, how to spend my day. Um, but first Speaking of palate cleansers, I wanted to try something, in the spirit of the Tuesday show, try something live on the air that we have not done before. What, what is that, Liz? I mentioned we've la- done a lot of goofy things on the air. Go ahead. No, I mentioned last week that my friend Robin, when she was here visiting, she and her son, uh, Oliver, went to the uh, a tour of the kombucha factory. And I, I've never really tasted kombucha, but I did disparage it on the show. I have yeah. just, I've just always assumed it tasted like dirt just because it looks suspicious. Yeah, it looks uh, bad. Have you ever tasted it? No, 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 I'm not going there. No, I mean, I think life's too short, you know, to like drink disgusting things, Liz. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know. I got a lot of email and comments in the Facebook group that I should not count kombucha out. And as a matter of fact, if you look around the whole state of Oregon, uh, people are filling up growlers with kombucha people okay i know people you'll eat a lot of kale liz it's, it still doesn't make it right okay okay so here's what i did i'm gonna try it right now i went yesterday i bought a bottle of kombucha the, okay the hum brand that is made right here in bend oregon h-u-m-m hum and i bought the mango passion fruit flavor julie okay. uh because i am a fan of the mango uh, I don't really know what passion fruit tastes like. It's just one of those names they put on everything. But so hang on, I'm going to open it. Opening the bottle. Oh, good sound effect, Liz. Okay. Okay. Now I'm pouring it into my glass. Oh, it's oh. Fizz- it's fizzy. I guess I really didn't know it was fizzy. I thought it would be okay. gloppy. Yeah. It's 
kind of a golden color. It looks like a very pale ale, as a matter of fact. So here we go. Uh, let's see how we do with the kombucha. Give me a couple seconds just to taste it. Let it sit on my palate. <laughs> Ooh. Well, that's actually quite delightful and refreshing, I have to say. Well, what it's, does it taste like? Well, it basically tastes like slightly fizzy um, mango juice that has been watered down. Like if you had a combination of real mango juice and, say, seltzer, and you put that together, it kind of – I don't taste any of the dirt <laughs> or what – I know there's no actual dirt in it, so people Grit, don't really... – Does it have a gritty? <laughs> no, no. No. It's just because it's made with it's made with that big blobby thing that that's a real turnoff. Yeah, so. it looks like it looks like a fiber drink to me. Yeah, and I, and I, no. and I can't I can't choke those down. So, um, okay, well, let's just say way better than I expected. Uh, <laughs> okay, let's. So I don't know. That's about as much as I can do live on the air with this. So hum kombucha. Okay, I, I can at least finish the one bottle I purchased, which I wasn't even. I wasn't even expecting that, Julie. My expectations were low. So there you go. That's pretty much all I need to accomplish today because I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to hold myself to one big thing a day. So kombucha that was drink today. That was drink. Okay, let's. Okay. So yesterday the choice, which I posted on my Facebook group, was these two things. Going to restorative yoga or going to see Ghostbusters. And, uh, you know, there were people that suggested I could do both, which of course, <laughs> Ooh, that's too, that's too stressful. That is yes. too I much mean, work to, on a vacation yes. to do two things. Two Come things. on. No, one thing a day is my current philosophy. So, uh, there was overwhelming support for going to see Ghostbusters. Uh, and even if I had attempted to really go to the restorative yoga, I made the mistake yesterday of trying to address Cobra. <laughs> like at a certain point, I need to make sure I still have health insurance. Yeah. So I, yeah. So I started doing a little Cobra research yesterday morning. And the next thing I knew, I just missed restorative yoga. So I was really well, you certainly wouldn't want to go to restorative <laughs> yoga without health without health insurance because God knows what could happen, Liz. You could. Instead of restoring things, you could really sprain things. Yeah, and you don't want to be laying on the floor in your yoga class mainly thinking about Cobra, right? That would have that would have just ruined the whole thing. So I needed to make the choice that was going to take my mind off Cobra, and uh, that clearly was um, Ghostbusters. So palate cleanser, Liz. Good, good. I like it. So here are. My top three things about Ghostbusters, in case you have not seen this movie yet. I haven't, Liz. It's, uh, it's playing here in Steamboat. I'm tempted to go see it. Yeah. Okay. I think you would enjoy, Julie, if you're in the right frame of mind. You need to be in the frame of mind for a palate cleanser, right? Okay. It's, you know, uh, it's a palate cleanser. So top three things on my list uh, for Ghostbusters. Number three, we'll start from the bottom. Number three were the gadgets, Julie. You uh-huh. know, they're busting ghosts. This yeah. is This is complicated. You have to be very inventive. There's all kinds of technology that you need to develop to effectively boast, uh, bust a ghost. So there are these really nutty gizmos all, all through the whole movie that are a lot of fun, including the helmet 
that Melissa McCarthy is wearing, the very first moment you see her in the movie, just made me laugh out loud. But most of the other gizmos are demonstrated by Kate McKinnon, one of the four actresses Uh um, uh, in the movie. And so she gets the opportunity. She has some of the best lines. She has some of the best physical gags. Uh, She really gets to, like, goof around a lot with this stuff. And it's what really made me think of the original movie, the the sort of nuttiness of the whole concept. So of the top three things, number three is the gadgets, particularly as presented by Kate McKinnon. Um, now, the other three stars of the movie are Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Wiig, and Leslie Jones. So I would say the number two on my list is the casting of the movie, but not only for those top four women who are all fantastic. They're all kinds of little roles played by people you will recognize from your favorite TV shows. For instance, uh, Matt Walsh, who plays Mike McClintock on Veep. You know, the, uh-huh. the loser, oh, the loser press secretary, he's in there, as is, as is Sam Richardson, who plays Richard on Veep. He's yeah. in the movie for like 10 seconds, Julie. Like, uh-huh. He's barely there. Uh, but that is a highlight. The movie opens with a very funny tour of a haunted mansion by Zach Woods, who is the actor who plays Jared on Silicon Valley. Do you watch Silicon oh, Valley? Oh, I love him. <laughs> and I love that series. That is Everyone should watch Veep and Silicon Valley. Yes. So they, they must have all been on hiatus when this movie was shot because they're sprinkled throughout the entire movie. And there's also a hilarious cameo near the very, very end by Sigourney Weaver. So uh, keep your eyes peeled for that. Anyway, lots of other really great people in the movie. So the cast is just like they are obviously just having a fantastic time making this movie. And so you can't help but have a really good time watching the movie. So that's number two. And number one, like, I know I'm a sucker for this, but really it's just the pure satellite sisterhood of it all. Uh-huh. Uh, not only is it about the four women joining forces to bust ghosts, you know, but, and obviously we're for that Four women getting together to do whatever you want to do. We're for that. But really the fundamental, uh, relationship in the movie is between Melissa McCarthy and Kristen Wiig. And it's really about their friendship since they were children and they kind of discovered the ghost, their love of ghosts together and then had split apart for a number of years, disagreed about things. Their lives had gone in a different path. But then at this point in the story and in their lives, they come back together and they find their friendship again. So, okay, I'm a sucker, but for the pure satellite sisterhood of the friendship between Melissa McCarthy and Kristen Wiig, I'm saying... You really got to go see this movie. It is silly. It is funny. It is goofy. Um, You know, I would say it's not the kind of movie it would be good on a plane except for some of the funniest lines in the movie. You know, they're just kind of throwaway lines. There are a lot of very funny things that each of the individual four women say. So you kind of need to be able to hear every little bit of it. So I think you would enjoy it. As a matter of fact... If you went to see a lecture on radical Islam last night, <laughs> I think Ghostbusters 
would be the exact opposite of that. Okay, that would be and my That's what you should answer? do tonight. Yes. Okay, well, I hear I have a follow-up question for you, Liz. Is this, can you take kids to this movie? You know, because Nana Camp opens next week. And uh, my my two grandchildren, two oldest grandchildren, Alice and Ben, are showing up. I don't know what the rating is on this movie. I don't know what the rating is either, because I don't usually look at that. Yeah. Uh, so I... And you're really, this, this you're the wrong person. I, I am to totally this. the wrong person to ask, because it looks like to me i mean there's you know it's goofy and it's funny and it's silly and i would think the gadget part of it and the ghost story part of it would be really enjoyable for kids i don't recall any bad language and there's definitely no sex in there there is very sexy chris hemsworth plays their beefcake receptionist and he's hilarious in that role there's also a cameo by bill murray so there's a lot that you will enjoy, you and your husband would enjoy in this movie. Um, but I leave it to other people to judge uh, what the kids would. I mean, maybe you need to go to Rotten Tomatoes for that, Joel. I, I'll, I'll do my own research, Liz. As soon as I asked that question, I was like, why am I asking Liz? It's not, Liz, I mean, is like, Liz is a terrific aunt, uh, but uh, she she is for, you know, all kinds of freedoms. Like, my, they'll let them do whatever they want to yes, do. That's yes. that's your motto of childcare, yes, right? A, yeah. a, a movie about ghostbusting can't do any long-term damage would be my policy on that. Okay. Uh, but your grandchildren are young and it's just so I, I, I don't want to go out on a limb and I'm sure there are many listeners. I could tell on Facebook yesterday that a lot of our listeners have already seen it. So if you want to give Julie advice on whether Nana Camp can attend a, uh, a showing of Ghostbusters, you can just make sure you're a member of the Satellite Sisters Facebook group and you can post that there. So there you have it. I thought it was a delightful alternative to real life. <laughs> That's what I would say. We need that. Okay. We need that. That is exactly what we need in America today. So uh, that's the best I can say about Ghostbusters. So, okay. So uh, what else that's you got? That's it. You got that's it, else Liz. That's the Tuesday show. We did it. <laughs> this has been enjoyable. Yes. Uh, yes. So now it. you can finish that disgusting drink you have there. Finish yes. kombucha. Um, I, you know, I think today I might, um, cause I've been trying to do at least one new physical activity every day too, you know, which is why the restorative yoga thing was appealing to me. But today it's the, uh, deep water aerobics, Julie. Okay. Um, you know, All so, right. so I'm going to be doing that. And then, then I don't know, Ferris and I got really, really had nothing else to do. That's, uh, I, how, I think you should take Ferris. The other movie I definitely want to see this summer is A Day in the Life of a Pet or whatever that Secret name is. Secret Life of Pets. Secret Life of Pets. Or, I, I assume you're going to take uh, well, take Ferris to that, let right? Let me ask you about that because I am very tempted to see that movie, but I wanted a reading on this. How pathetic is it for a 50-something woman to go see that movie all by herself? Not at all. I know. Not at all. Know, okay. All right. I know lots of women that are going to see that. I, you know, so yeah. <laughs> I'm not just, usually I, that self-conscious about things like that, but that's, I thought, you know, adults alone in kids movies can be somewhat suspicious. So no, I have permission to go see that on my yes, own. Yes. Yes, you do. I, yes, <laughs> absolutely. Okay. So maybe, maybe tonight in lieu of Night two of the RNC. <laughs> Maybe that uh, would be an appropriate. Uh, it's a thing. good counterbalance, I think, to uh, to the reality of our lives, Liz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So we're good here. Uh, well, enjoy the rest of your day. 
Okay, uh, you too, Liz. Don't do, don't work too hard there. I, <laughs> just just take I'm it done. easy. I've got the kombucha. I'm doing the swimming. You know that that's pretty much uh, it for me. So if you want to follow us, you can join our Facebook group uh, on Twitter. I'm at SS Liz. Julie, you are at Julie Satsis. Yes, right? I think so. I believe so. I don't I don't send out a lot of tweets, but I've been upping my Instagram. Uh, uh, oh, okay. So you can so go there. Um, so okay. I'm, I, that's my summer project uh, is to put more uh, Instagram posts up. Instagram so can, is fun. It just yeah, is easier yeah. than the rest. I'm, yeah, look, no I'm, I'm Satellite yeah. Sister Liz on Instagram. So I've been trying to do that and use my hashtag, of course, yeah. just trying to, you know, rebrand myself. So uh, you can do all of that. We always want to hear from you. And that's why the the Facebook group is so great because you can post what you want. You can also like our Facebook page. And I know I've mentioned this before. If you uh, listen to our show on iTunes or Stitcher, if you can rate or review our show, that is really helpful to our Google rankings, whatever that is. And it just means that our show gets suggested to more listeners. So we would love it if you could do that. So, okay, there you have it. Uh, We are done for today. Uh, Have a great rest of your Tuesday, Julie. You too, Liz. We are the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sister. Oh, 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 o